are now listening to. Before we get into talking about baseball, let, let's let's bring the list back up again, and let's talk about some of the other names on the list. Uh, we mentioned Kobe Wooden. I, 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 you know, there were some guys picked ahead of him first team. Jalen Carter for Georgia. Of course, Derek Hall made the made first team on defensive line. Uh, Alabama and Tennessee had two Byron Youngs. Imagine that uh, to make first team. I, I, I believe that Kobe Wooden is at the very least better than Byron Young in Tennessee. Now, this is just a a list before the season starts. To B's point, it's very likely with how good Kobe Wooden has played up to this point, he's likely to get better. He will be potentially first team. You guys' thoughts about Kobe Wooden? Treat your boys. Chill Boys underwear is designed for maximum comfort with enough space to keep you cool, calm, and comfortable. Chill Boys underwear will help you keep the boys close, uh, not too close. When the game is on the line, you won't break a sweat with Chill Boys underwear. Whether it's left boy, right boy, or both boys, Chill Boys provides your boys comfort like you've never felt. Visit chillboys.com and use code RAPPORT, that's R-A-P-P-O-R-T, and get 15% off of your order. Maximize your chill with Chill Boys. That that's who I'm looking to move up on this list. I still think second team is actually significant when you're talking SEC along the defensive line because you know that there are at least two schools who recruit better than us on defense, and that to this point is of obviously Georgia and Alabama, and a little bit of a nod to LSU because they never stop recruiting well. Or Jerron just kind of let all the Legos fall all over the place and he didn't put them together properly. But there has been more consistently uh, better recruited teams along the defensive line that I understand why they would look to those teams first for the talent. And to Ike's point, I think Kobe wouldn't got buried because you have a team that goes six and six, six and seven, and then people stop looking at it. However, if anybody watched film the way I know Ike watched film, it's hard to look at Auburn play defensively and not notice Kobe wouldn't showing up play after play after play. So somebody was paying attention. So somebody at Athlon actually was doing their homework. I think we're, it's a little bit of reputation. I expect Will Anderson to be on that list, um, uh, first team preseason, and maybe rightfully so. I'm not saying he's, that he's line, not. They got him listed as linebacker. Oh, okay. <laughs> so if you're outside linebacker, it's a little different. But Kobe was really good, and – Watching the Jason Jones interview, one of the first things he mentioned about why you came here, and this is wild. The reason this is significant is because he came from Oregon to Auburn, and by all accounts, Mario Cristobal was a trenches dude. He was he was a uh, understood the value of the offensive line, and I don't know how you understand the value of the offensive line without equally understanding the value of the defensive line. So he had been in Alabama. Um, recruiting uh, at Alabama. He understood the SEC culture and what it takes to make a winning football team. He prioritized the trenches. And Jason Jones came here when the first question was, what made you come here? He was like the strength trainer. He was like, I don't think people understand what they got going in that building. He was like, I thought thought it was the Chick-fil-A's. Are you sure it wasn't the (laughs) Chick-fil-A's? We we asked him about the (laughs) Chick-fil-A's. I think he came here for Chick-fil-A. Because he he, he tagged in with Robbie agreeing with that. Yeah. (laughs) But, well, one of the things he said was the strength training. Because he had instantly seen a difference in not only his physical makeup, his body fat percentage, but 
his ability to produce just in practice. His speed and strength in practice had had changed instantly. All of those guys, every guy we saw has a chance to be significantly better because they were good. They're going to get better. We, we're hearing that people are, are doing setting personal records. We're hearing that they're stronger and faster. Um, they're kind of asking every guy that gets on, on the camera with us, with, with Mike and, and I can see, is, hey, who's the fastest guy? You might hear something different every time, which is amazing, which means that guys are, I mean, we didn't think Shedrick was a burner, but we're hearing, though, Shedrick is fast, dude. Like, really? Mm-hmm. Huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Everybody's mm-hmm. getting faster. Everybody's getting stronger. One year smarter in the same defensive, even if it's not the exact same defensive scheme, with the same staff, under a staff who is utilizing you and knows your strengths and weaknesses. I think everybody is going to perform better than expected, but in particular, I think Kobe Wooden has a chance to go from second team to first team, for sure. Someone whose name is missing from this, who I expect to make someone's team on the All-SEC Conference team, is Eku Leota. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, um, I agree. I'm, I'm expecting him to definitely, again, there's going to be a lot of opportunities because T.D. Moultrie's not back. Uh, of course, I know the young kid that we pulled from Tennessee is going to get an opportunity to show what he can do, but I'm really looking forward to see what Aku Leota can do. Uh, I also see guys like Owen Papo, um, Andres Carlson. I know I know Walt had a question about him being 13, but just any any other guys that, that stand out that you guys want to make note of who's on this list yeah. or missing from this list. I have I have a hot take. I'm over Andres Carlson. Hey I'm man, the him. guy was injured, man. I'm over him. He was injured. He, he wasn't in, he wasn't he was injured. He didn't play injured though. What do you mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, I, mean, I mean so he hurt something. Was it was that the last game or the when did he because he, he had off season surgery. Yeah, when he was out, yeah. he was out though. I'm telling I'm talking about when he was in and healthy. I'm yeah, it was, over him. It was the Bama game where he got hurt, I think, trying to do an onside kick. Is that was that what it was? was that or it? Yeah. I forgot what it, it was an no, onside no, kick. No, no. I thought I think maybe Mississippi State he got hurt. Yes, it was Mississippi, it was Mississippi State. State. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. That's right. Because the last couple of, of games we, we had, were questioning. We had, yeah, because yeah, because yeah, yeah. when we went to freaking uh South Carolina, we had the kid who I don't want to talk about. I mean, it. there were some notable game-changing long kicks, and he seemed to be missing a high percentage of them beyond 45 yards. Mm -hmm, So, like, I'm I'm ready to see Evan McGuire and Ben Patton and and even this new kid, Evan McPherson, that kicked like a 61-yarder in high school, kind of get a shot. And and particularly this year where special teams may be the difference between one or two extra wins or same year over year. Yeah. We're going to be on some dog fights, and that stuff that happens on special teams matters. So uh, besides just blasting Anders, I got to give my guy Oscar Chapman some love. Listen, having an all-SEC oh, sure. punter, he was sure. great. it can sure. really, really, really help, you, help your defense out because when you can punt your way out of bad field position, that's an underrated weapon to have, a consistent yeah. punter. So I'm looking for him. I, th- I think he deserves some love. You know, this O-line that everybody thinks sucks, we sl- slid a guy in at the third team at Keontre Jones. I wouldn't be surprised to see somebody from our O-line make second or first team at the end of the year. Just wouldn't be surprised because you'd be surprised how much better these guys grade out when they're not getting blitzkrieged every down by the defense because nobody respects our pass. 
Calzada, Calzada or, or Finley or Robbie have a good year throwing the ball, and this offensive line is going to get a lot of reprieve, man. I'm telling you. They just weren't as bad as people painted them out to be last year. I'm excited to see uh, if we get not if not only Shankers on this list, but if we get another tight end on this list. Because again, we're playing a lot of guys. There's going to be a lot of opportunities for one of those guys to make this list as well. So. Is it weird that um, Jalen Simpson isn't on this over Zion Puckett? No, because later I mean, in that season, because of this, this. I mean, I think it's more so the position, right? Zion Puckett's the safety on the list, mm-hmm. um, and they're expecting him to start at safety. What we don't know is what we have at the other safety positions, and this is pretty much just an assumption um, based upon what they thought Smoke Monday was, right? I think Smoke Monday was a preseason list guy, right? And so Zion Puckett is pr- they're just swapping those guys out as the box safety for Auburn. It's going to make a lot of tackles. They're swapping that out. Um, I don't know. I, I need to look at the other cornerbacks on the list, though. Um, let me take a look. Let me peek, peek at the the website and see if I see. John Samuel Shanker deserves more love than four teams, if you ask me, but whatever. Well, the the production, the pass game was inconsistent, and he did Kool-Aid have Kool-Aid McKinstry from Alabama is on this list at 13. 13? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Best projection. We'll see. Eli Ricks from Alabama, maybe. Yeah, I mean, projection, too. But, but again, to, to Mike's point, Simpson's not on the list at all, and you've seen him productive, not just project. Yeah, yeah, that's what we, I'm saying. We, I, we saw him productive. He so he played great. You saw Kool Aid get smoked a lot too, though, and the few games he played. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying, I know Jalen Simpson started well. He didn't finish the season that well, and I don't. We don't even know if he's going to be the starting corner. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, no, no, we'll see. I don't know. We'll Is see. Zion? <laughs> Uh, I, I don't. I don't know if we can assume anything yeah, about our I mean, secondary. Yeah, that's, all, that's all I'm saying. I in was fairness, in, that's fair. That's fair. That's it would have been I, if if neither one of them was up there. Like I, I'd, I'd have probably been more fine with that than having Zion up over Jalen. But just me. Young athletes need the tools for success on the field and on the court, and now more than ever in the arena of business. In the new era of name, image, and likeness, Athletic Architects is here for young athletes and parents to help prepare for your financial futures. Let Athletic Architects start helping you build your house. Visit buildthehouse.com and let's build together. Let's spend a little bit of time talking baseball. Uh, Guys, I mean, if you've been under a rock, welcome. Welcome. Hope the light doesn't blind you. Auburn baseball. Since we last talked, it's funny they they lost a close one to Oregon State uh, on Sunday night, four to three, and then came back the next day and won four to three. They joined Texas A and M, Ole Miss, and Arkansas as representatives from the SEC in this year's College World Series. Could have been five teams in there had You're Tennessee probably, not I lost. Was gonna say, did you forget about Tennessee? No, they, they got it, upset. Right? They got upset. Oh, oh they Notre Dame beat them. Oh, oh. Notre Dame <laughs> yeah, beat them. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a shame. They normally, the petty is res- normally the petty is reserved for me in that fashion, but Mike, I have to <laughs> shake my hand, so that was pretty good. That was that was yeah. good petty right <laughs> there. Sir. I thought Bama made it too. They didn't make it? That's good right there. Shake my hand again, oh, sir. Man. I appreciate that. Man. Come on, dude. What's happening? What's going on here? I thought they were good at everything, right? Oh, man. On the come up? Great. Nope. I think Bill Clinton was president the last time Bama made made it to the uh, College World Series. Hmm. Gas no gas idea. was ninety nine cents a gallon. 
<laughs> All kind of things was happening the last time they made it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, you're where good. we're going no, with this. You're, no, no, you. We always have time for petty. No, so don't need to apologize. Um, Mike, you, we, we all talked about the job Butch Thompson did or has done since he's been in Auburn. Just your thoughts on what he's managed to do in such a short period of time while being uh, over this program. We released a podcast today, our Wednesday Mike Mack and memes, where we talk with our girl Brandy Mack, our our and our uh, statistics expert and Auburn memes, who knows nothing statistically but is still entertaining to listen to. And uh, I'm telling you, I think Butch Thompson is the poster boy for why you need to be patient with coaches. Mm-hmm. Give them the resources, let them develop their team, let them get the right coaches in, and they'll watch it unfold. And other sports get more patience because the expectations are, are maybe just a little bit, they aren't as intense. I won't say lower, they just aren't as intense. Uh, but what he's done with this team has been phenomenal. I, I joined the post-game presser uh, for this one. I was interested, so they sent the link out, and I got on, and I asked them about what it meant to win a game like in the in in the regional we scored 51 runs in three games and the super regional we scored significantly less than that so to get a win essentially relying on pitching because we had three hits to their eight and we won by a run right uh the bats were not swinging it felt like our hitters we're just staring at strikes right over the plate, bro. I was getting really was, frustrated. Watching. It was hurting my soul watching them sit there against the middle reliever against um uh Oregon State, and they were just like, I was like, yeah, you're, just, you're not going to swing at all, right? The most unsatisfying thing I think in baseball is to watch somebody get struck out without swinging. Yeah, mm-hmm. just watching a fastball down, you know, the middle of the plate. Yeah, uh, but. Butch Thompson in the postgame gave a lot of credit to Oregon State's pitching. And uh, I asked Brandy about this. She said their strength was pitching. Our strength mm-hmm. was hitting. Yeah. So mm-hmm. strength on strength there. And it turned out we won. We won that battle undisputedly over three games. So Butch Thompson has done a great job. Uh, I think Tim Hudson has done a good job of managing the relievers. For sure. So uh, the head, I said at the top, the head coach gets credit for the job that his assistants do as well, too. So bringing in Tim Hudson to work with the relievers, because I'm tickled by how quickly they will pull a pitcher once it starts going south. Right? Like, two bad pitchers. Tim Hudson comes out, he's like, oh. I thought they went to the closer too early. Right, like it went mm-hmm. to him at the in in the seventh inning, and I was like, yeah. "Yo, you could have let the." Do-. I mean, and and to be fair, the guy was struggling a little bit, but they they were talking about it a lot on the broadcast. It was more of the part of their left handed part of their lineup, right? And I'm right. like, "Okay, let him get through the rest of the lefties." Right. So, yo, my man was, came in there, Dylan, bro. <laughs> was like, there was a, the starter. There's another dude that's supposed to come in, and then they 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 play with whether to bring Burkhalter in, yeah, in the seventh or the eighth inning. And these are the underrated coaching decisions that get made in baseball where they were like, we're going to go to Burkhalter in the seventh. Right. And then he retired eight straight batters. Yeah. Uh, smoking them, too. Yeah, I <laughs> he mean, was smoking just, too. man, just shut down any hope Oregon State had of pulling out a comeback because they were the home team 
So they got the last at bat in the bottom of the ninth. Right. Which is an, another thing that I think it was great that we were able to overcome because we had to go out to Corvallis and that was advantage Oregon State. Right. Right. To be out there for them in a game three to be the home team and get the last at bat, especially if you're going to be down going into the ninth. I think they managed this perfectly. Now, Brandy, please go listen to the podcast. If you if you haven't subscribed to the Auburn Express on Apple or wherever you listen to the podcast on, please subscribe. Brandy had uh, a little bit of, I would call it a conspiracy theory. She said it was a conspiracy theory. But their ace pitcher. Jerky. I, I, yeah, Jerky. I, I didn't want to call him Herpy, but like, it looks like that. He, he was got a, a mysterious illness because he right. was supposed to pitch game one. Right. And suddenly was better for game two. Mm-hmm. But in her estimation, she felt like Oregon State thought they could take game one without putting their ace out there first. I'm pretty sure that's exactly what they thought. <laughs> and it mm-hmm. backfired on them. So he went out there game two. They barely snuck that one out over us. And in the, in the end, our closers, our pitching was better than was better than their pitching in that third game. They may have gotten more hits, but um, I think we just I, have better overall defense, though. Like yeah. Oregon State's defense just let them down. Like they had a lot of error, not a lot of errors, but they had untimely errors that led Critical to errors, us. Yeah. Yeah. And then you know you miss one time to one of the best hitters in the country, and he he takes it out of the park. Man, right. Sunny D is amazing, bro. Now the statistical gamble that it is not putting your ace out there in game one. 80, Brandy told us 80% of the time in the tournament, the team that wins game one goes on to win the series. So losing it does not bode well for you. And it may have been a strategical mistake to not put him out there game one. I don't know why you hide behind the illness or whatever it was, but like, I, I don't know. What did he get that he was better from in two I just days? Don't even, I just don't even know why you even take that chance if you're Oregon State. But Yeah, I don't know. They were they were very cocky, and I'll take some time to be petty against their fans on Twitter. There was one guy running around before we even played them talking about how we weren't going to get out of the regional and UCLA was going to beat us, and we had no shot. Hmm. Crickets after. And then he was just blocking everybody, so screw him. <laughs> um, you know, screw a lot of their fans that were he was, like he was he was big mad too. Like he was like, here come all these Auburn fans in my midst. Like, bro, oh, you that. started you, this. You posted it first. Yeah, come you started now. this, dude. Like, what do you, you mean? Yes. It. That's one thing. Look, congratulations, Auburn Twitter. <laughs> Undefeated. Is amazing at making sure you don't forget when you're wrong. <laughs> when you is- are, but you know what? They're equally as humble in making fun of ourselves when we lose. That's the thing I love about Auburn Twitter. They will definitely make fun of, we'll make fun of ourselves, but we will never let you forget when you're wrong. Yeah, they don't hide from the losses. They definitely don't hide from the losses. So, you know, uh, Auburn memes is at the head of that Twitter mob. And I just think that they were, for a team that has a better overall baseball pedigree than we do, Yeah, they were just a little too cocky going into that. Yeah, they, they, they definitely thought that it was going to be easy work for them. Mm-hmm. And then it, it ended up being, they, they got tight um, in game three and it showed yeah. like they just yeah. were tentative in the way that they were hitting. Like everything was super tight with them. They, but the, the, their defense was tight. It was just, yeah. The hit of the series was the Sonny D home run in game three. Now he reached out over the plate for that and had the strength to essentially pull this pitch out of the park. 
I thought it was a pot fly, maybe because of all the terrible camera work. Yeah. But I mean, it barely got out, so that's not. I mean, yeah, but it, it, it got it, out of there. He crushed it, but it carried and just kept going. It felt like it hung up there forever, and it cleared the fence. Yeah. And in a game where we only had three hits, that was significant. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Two runs, two runs on one hit, where we essentially win a game by one run. Come on. So I, I think Butch Thompson has good, done a good job. You know, so much of baseball is just, you know, motivating and it's, it's very, it's a little bit more, it's slower, but it's, it's, it, there's, there's, there's strategies that are go underrated in baseball. For sure. For sure. You know, no, knowing when to pull your starter, even if he's having a good game, uh, because the way the dude started the game, it, he, he started phenomenal. I thought he might go to distance the way he was pitching. His pitch count was low through the first three innings and they know they're, pitchers and their players so well mm-hmm. yeah when it started to fall apart a little bit in the fourth i was like all right maybe he's not going to go to distance and they had a plan now on the post game he said if if burke halter didn't get the job done they did not have a plan b for that game three <laughs> and he said I mean, oh, it, yeah he, he pretty much yeah. was like yeah I mean, we're gonna we're gonna ride with this guy and oh, i think man. the hope was that they were going to get another insurance run too which we were in position to do Right. And just couldn't deliver with with guys in scoring position. We yeah. we stranded a lot of base runners from the um the walks that we had in that game. Yeah. So there were some other storylines from the game. Uh, the hotel thing became a big one. Uh, I think that was a little overblown about the team hotel not being because if you've ever been to Auburn, there aren't a ton of hotels. Like, well, so, I think, so the, 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 the difference with those situations, which I again I don't know where away teams typically stay is that with that, there's no way to plan in advance to reserve those rooms. Like when it's a regular season game, you know when the games are going to be. Right. Postseason, you don't know for sure whether you're even going to be hosting, right? right. Like, it, you know, so it's, it's, it's a little more difficult to plan that. And then they had a bunch of stuff going on with graduation. They so I graduation, understand how that happens. They had track and field championships That's and they true. had something else in town. So I, I think that storyline was a little overblown. I don't think there's any conspiracy there, uh, yeah. you know, uh, with, with that. Uh, but other than that, man, I don't think that officiating stood out. They had, a, they went to review a few times and I thought they made the right calls. There was a bang, bang play at first. That yeah. Would, and I think that it was more of an error on our part than it was a bad call. Yeah, I don't know who who was moving too slow in that situation. I don't know if it was, it was the fielding. Yeah, I, I I'm willing to say that I think that the pitcher was a little slow to the bag on that one. Yeah, yeah, and he got um, out hustled. He got out hustled by the runner. Yeah, because it yeah. looked like an easy out, and he just he didn't he took it for granted, and the guy just bang bang. I think again, it looked like a tie to me, but in baseball, the tie goes to the runner. Yeah, so. Uh, I I I thought there were some, there were some things that happened there. I I, I think the good the officiate the um the umps, the umps yeah I think the umpires and the refs did a good job of not making themselves a story during this. Yeah, I mean, the, I, th- I think there was a lot of complaints about the strike zone in game one, um, how inconsistent that was. But I think they cleaned that up game two and three. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, you're, I I agree. I don't think that there was a ton of oh man these these umps are just not. They're not a fit. They're not giving us the right kind of calls here. There wasn't a lot of like, oh man, what was that type yeah. of situations. Right. Uh, I'll I'll be, I'll be interested to see if in the future they go to like an automated or machine learning thing with balls and strikes. I don't think they ever will. I think they should. 
I think they should find a way to uh, automate as much as they can. If it's going to be more accurate than what the guys on the field are calling or don't put that thing up on the screen where I can see right. that the ump clearly <laughs> right. got it wrong. Right. And then right. like, don't do that then. Like if you're going <laughs> to show was, me what <laughs> is accurate, then don't have this dummy out here calling it the other way. Just don't show that to me. Cause that's going to yeah. make there's, me mad. There's a, there's a softball uh, reel going on out there where they're showing this picture. Um, basically three pitches in a row. The pitcher was in the strike zone and it was called ball every single time, according to the machine. It was like, yo, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a little frustrating. It's like, yeah, that looked like that was, you know, if we go back to our thing here, that's well within the strike zone. He called that a ball or that was well outside and he called that a strike. And it's hard. Like, again, it officiating is, is super hard in every sport because you don't get the advantage of being able to see the angle that the camera gives you. Right. You're looking right. at that from behind the catcher trying to determine if it's within a, and then a lot of those catchers are framing those pitches around the right. strike zone or snatching right. it back into the zone and stuff right. like that. Um, it's hard. It's a super hard thing to be able to do to determine where did he catch the ball and where did the ball cross the plate? All those things. Too high, too low, inside, outside. That's a lot to do with a ball that's coming on average above 80 miles per hour in your direction. Yeah. For sure. For sure. You are now now listening listening to to 